Welcome to the 517 Life Podcast, a ministry of the exchange. I'm Tracy Lee, joined by Carrie Puckett and Heather May, and we are thrilled to bring you today's conversation with makeup artist, Jess King. We love getting to bring you real, authentic conversations on this show, and that's exactly what you get with Jess. If you've ever experienced the brokenness and beauty of life, then you'll want to hear what Jess has to say on this episode of the 517 Life Podcast. Tell us a little bit about who you are. I am 35 years old and I am pretty much trying to do everything I can into the beauty industry um, and just kind of making it through this life. I'm not originally from Mississippi. I've been in Mississippi for about 13 years now. Where are you from originally? Um, again, complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in Georgia okay. and lived there until I was about five or six and then moved to San Antonio, Texas. And that's where I did a lot of my like grade schooling. I was there until from probably six to 14 years of age. So, but the time in Texas was a pretty tumultuous there was a lot of back and forth even though you know I spent most of my school there we did a lot of back and forth to Georgia because my parents were pretty um, not stable (laughs) at all and then moved back to Georgia because my mom had just she had had enough and so from 14 to 21 I was in Georgia I lived in Florida for about a year but I finally found my way to Mississippi. Oh, wow. Yeah. As people do. Yeah. It's, so, it's so interesting to always, people that aren't from Mississippi, like, how did you get here? I know. I know. <laughs> of all the places that I know. you know. I, I do it to people, too. I, I know. From here. I know. I know. I know. I've <laughs> been here since I was one, so that's kind of what I know. But you've kind of lived all over the place. Yeah. Um, primarily just, like, in the South. And, and honestly, the South is the South. It's not very different. Mississippi's not that much different than Georgia. I can't say the same about Texas. Texas is literally its own planet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. My co-host is from Texas. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's different. You're uh, very passionate about barbecue. Absolutely. And, yeah. and cowboy hats and boots yeah. and, and horses. Yeah. So. so where did you get your passion for all things beauty? And I would love to hear kind of where that started for you. Yeah. Um, it's honestly, it. you know, I've, I've watched other interviews of of people who are in this industry and like how they got started and you know you'll hear everything from you know I love makeup since I was three or you know what I mean something wild like that but that really wasn't the case for me um I've always been artistic loving to draw and paint and things like that and that's really kind of where all this has come out of for me um I found my way into it actually uh six years ago uh and I started working at Belk And I got a job there, and it was at this little, like, beauty counter that sold, like, all different brands of stuff or whatever. And that was cool. And then, apparently, the the Lancome makeup counter was across from me. And uh, the counter manager over there was watching me. And she ended up recruiting me over there. And that was my first, like, legit makeup counter job was Lancome. And I loved it. I was like, (laughs) uh, we got, like, little vests. And you could put makeup brushes in it. Girl, I thought I was something. (laughs) Wow. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, And then that's just kind of really honestly where it kind of started. 
being able to meet different people and then obviously just play in the products and stuff like that because I've never really considered myself a girly girl. Um, and that's why I know that makeup and all that is strictly artistic for me. It's not anything about, I don't know, I've just never been anything like that. But um, it ended up being a lot of fun. And so it just progressed from there. After Lancome, I went to school to do aesthetics. And that primarily was like to learn about the skin and things like that, uh, being able to do facials. It helped me a lot in doing makeup, but I thought that I was going to learn like more in depth about makeup and you don't there. So a lot of it had to be self-taught. So I don't know. Like I said, um, to answer your question, it's just the artistic value of it is what really kind of that's how I fell into it. I love it. You do beautiful work. Mm-hmm. Thank you. We were just talking earlier about the fact that we can't even draw our eyeliner on straight. Nope. So. I'm not going to lie to you and say that I can every day. It's, uh, I don't know, over the years I've gone a lot here lately where I do less and less makeup on myself because I'm like, I don't know, um, which I try and get back into, but I don't know, it's just, it's it's hard, but it's crazy because I'll go back and look at some of the work that I did in the very beginning of all this and I'm just like oh can I like can we like rebook <laughs> so I can do this again but I mean it's it's good for me to look back on because like everybody starts somewhere um and just seeing the growth over the years and just it's definitely something that you have to you have to exercise that muscle just like with anything else so Mm-hmm. So have you seen people transform in your chair? Like, isn't it, it's funny, like, when you get the outside fixes, how they have this confidence. Have you seen a lot of that? Almost every person, their whole body language will change. Um, and it's so cool. And I've had some that have been more, like, um, dramatic than others when mm-hmm. that whole change happens. But um, the the best ones are always the ones who you have to literally stop them like don't cry right because a lot of times these are milestone moments that people are coming to you for especially yes. for the makeup I would imagine absolutely absolutely and it's I have to stop sometimes and like get out of business mode and like think about what I'm actually doing and I'm a part of these people's like forever mm-hmm. sometimes you know what I mean because uh, doing makeup and hair is always and always will be a very intimate thing with people. Um, you're in their space, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And not only that, but you're contributing to how they feel about themselves. So, you know, when I do these jobs, like for for weddings and, and things like that, you know, um, people have like photographers and videographers. I'm I'm there. I'm in that moment with them. And sometimes it's easy to forget that because, you know, you're, you're just doing a job, mm-hmm. you know. But these people remember you, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I try my best, like, because most of the people that I've done in the past, you know, their weddings or whatever, we're friends on Facebook and, and I'll see like an anniversary post pop up and I'll just come through, you know, happy anniversary, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just so cool because like you were a part of that whole season for mm-hmm. them, you know, it's just cool. I'm really interested in how makeup, it's beautiful and it can boost your confidence and everything but alternatively sometimes people can use makeup as a sort of mask you know what would you say to people who may be listening and feel some sort of brokenness inside them and they're trying to fix their outside 
in hopes that it will make their inside feel better. I can absolutely speak to that, just even on a personal level. Um, and I, I, I would not want to use a general uh, term and say all, but most women, um, I know the ones that I've encountered, uh, have a deep struggle with just being broken and not seeing their value, myself included. And makeup, as superficial as it is, you know, and I, I try and keep that, even though I do it and it's my profession and this is the career that I've chosen, it's still, we have to call it what it is, and it is very superficial. Um, it is something that isn't required or needed to uh, add value to someone. But it does have that ability to to make someone feel better about themselves or to be able to make decisions or walk through their day just more uplifted the thing about it is I try and remind people maybe not each and every individual client but just a general consensus that you have to really not take it so seriously with makeup because you could do it with anything whether it be makeup or any type of uh, substance Mm -hmm. addiction or Mm -hmm. anything you could absolutely do with anything and until women become aware that there's some brokenness there and that there's wounds there then it's just something that will continue to happen and so I feel like in this profession that God would have me to remind these women because I'm so broken myself it's easy for me to talk about it with them it's hard for women to see themselves like really see themselves social media has done a wonderful job of portraying something that's not real and not realistic and I see it all the time uh, with women and when they comment whether it be Instagram or Facebook or something like that with the image that they see like if it's a friend of mine or a close client I'll message them like hey that that's not real (laughs) that's not real because I get caught up in it and everybody else gets caught up in it so anyway that's all the way around Egypt but (laughs) to to answer your question it's um it's it's a priority of mine to remind women that makeup can't do what it makes you feel like it can do but it doesn't hurt and I don't think there's anything wrong with in that moment building somebody up and if makeup is the avenue then that's that's fine yeah you're kind of like a secret agent because nobody would expect a makeup artist to tell them that beauty doesn't come from the outside Right, you know, it's almost like an oxymoron or something. Yeah. Like I'm, <laughs> like, don't book me because this is not really, you know, yeah. you know what I mean. Like, yeah, it's you know, but I don't know. I just think it's so important because, like I said, I, I struggle with a lot of just deep-seated wounds and like issues, um, and it's just easy to get caught up in that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and putting your your faith in that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's. It can, it can be hard. And it seems to be getting younger now because, you know, I see these pictures of these kids in school and I'm like, I didn't even, like, I had a Snoopy cake when I turned 13. <laughs> you know, like, I, you're so right. I don't even know what's <laughs> happening. But they're like putting makeup, they've got their brows done. I don't know. I got an eyebrow pencil from my boss for my birthday. Yeah. Key phrase there from her boss. I did from my boss. From your because boss. Her eyebrows are always on point, and mine. Was she trying to say something? Yes. And I, <laughs> and, and I told her I said I don't know how to use this. She's like, well, just come and bring it to me. I'll show you. I haven't because oh I'm not sure. 
<laughs> I mean, it's this double-sided brush. One, there's a brush on one side and like a really fine point on the other. So I just brush them out like I brush my hair. <laughs> and if there's a hole, I put a line there and we move on. That's great. I have no idea what I'm doing. But there are eight-year-olds yeah. that can do like a perfect brow. Yeah. What in the world? So Okay, so I, I think... Honestly, there's a benefit to me being older and just getting, well, not just getting into the industry, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I haven't been doing this for like 40 years or nothing. But it's crazy because I grew up in a time where I didn't have, you know, I I grew up in the 90s, okay? Yeah. And sure, people did their brows in the 90s. It was literally like pencil thin, barely exactly. there. You overplucked to death. Right. Um, <laughs> but nobody really cared like I could look at pictures in even the early 2000s pictures of myself and I had makeup on brows were not touched yeah you know what I mean yeah and honest to god I almost missed that <laughs> I keep waiting for I that trend to come back around. Right? I don't think it will ever come back but it's, it's so crazy to me and again like social media and like YouTube and stuff like that so like these kids have access to all this stuff obviously I grew up I didn't have any of that mm-hmm. and I wasn't exposed to everything um that's out there so like a part of me I think like my younger like inner child is like super jealous because some of these girls I'm like good grief like you're gonna take my job (laughs) (laughs) but at the same time I don't know you have like a love-hate relationship with like technology and like internet because you know it provides a lot of information and tools and everything but at the same time you're just like okay calm down (laughs) right right and it's such an ugly place too and I know we're we don't need to get off on social media but I've followed Jamie French I don't know if you know the makeup artist she is hilarious she's hilarious like she did the whole like 90s makeup or and then the baby hands oh my gosh she's hilarious she's so funny and she was talking about how awful people have been to her in some of these things and I'm like you know, when you're trying to share your craft, and I'm sure that you yeah. do this too, you put yourself yeah. out yeah. for people, and there's so much negativity and judgment that comes in that. It's so funny because I, I just recently talked to um, another creative um, person about this, and who was like just really, really discouraged. And social media is great in in the respect that it gets your work out there, and you can show people what you can do, and and it's free advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that same token, it can literally be the worst absolute place on the planet because for creative people and you're passionate about something, you put your whole self in it because it's, it's, you know, it's not just what you physically are seeing manifested. It's like, it's a whole inner working, you know, that we've thought about and processed and all this type of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so when you finally have completed this and you've manifested this, you know, you're proud of it and you want others to be proud of it and you know that could even go back to that whole like being broken and being wounded type of thing because you're looking for that admiration Mm -hmm. you know and that acceptance but for a creative it's even it's even deeper and heavier than that because like I said you put your whole self into it it's vulnerable to put your work it absolutely is and so to have complete strangers on social media that just kind of come through and judge something that they themselves are not even in the same field (laughs) you know what I mean yeah is a little but they are experts but they're experts yeah (laughs) everyone's an expert Mm -hmm. um so yeah it's it can be definitely um mentally just kind of discouraging you just kind of have to push through yeah you've mentioned brokenness several times would you mind I'm an expert sharing? on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all? Would you mind sharing a little bit of that about, you know, you consider yourself an expert on brokenness <laughs> and coming back from that. Speak into that a little bit. Oh my gosh. So I don't know. I've 
I've always been very vocal about it. I don't know. It has to be a God-given ability. Um, I don't know why anyone would want to overshare <laughs> anything, but I've always been uh, more transparent than than I, I don't want to say than I should than other people's comfort levels. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. But my, I don't know. I I don't ever remember a time where I didn't feel broken. I'm not. I've said this to like just friends and acquaintances and stuff. I'm not the in quotations good Christian. Um, yeah, well, welcome. You're at the right table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not either. I'm not. Um, you know, it's it's not anything that I, you know I don't strive to be, but I don't even like that word strive anymore because it's 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 literally done it's a, exhausting. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's done a number on me over the years. And I've always said I'm too street for the church and too church for the street. Thank you. Yeah. I've never heard that. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you don't fit anywhere. I you don't try. Fit you anywhere. want to yeah. have a group. Yeah. You want to have a connection, but yeah. it's not there. That is, yeah. I can fully relate to that. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know, like I said, a lot has gone on like in, in my childhood and even in my young adult life, decisions that I've made or things that were inadvertently done to me and things like that, you know. And it just... It's just all been a series of brokenness mm-hmm. since day one. And so I've been in survival mode my whole life. And I don't even know how to operate outside of that. And it's so ironic, the timing of being asked to come and speak here with this, because God has been doing a lot of uh, peeling back of layers of some things that I was not even aware of, mm-hmm. just further brokenness. And one of the main pivotal things as of late is I didn't know this, but I don't love myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's not ever talked about really uh, in the church or even outside of the church, you know? Right. You know, you can we can look at people who are constantly like bitter or just mean or rude or whatever and think that, you know, you just see that on that outside, but really there's a lot more going in on there. They probably don't even love themselves. Right. You know what I mean? And people may have heard that before or whatever but for me in this season just becoming aware of that for myself has been pretty profound and I think about too like the in scripture where we're we're told to love our neighbor right as we love ourselves right right and I've read that you know a billion times you know what I mean right and I think the you know the saying you know you can't love somebody else until you love yourself type of thing it and and where I'm at now it's absolutely true because if I were honest, you know, me and my husband both, we, we work with the, with the general public. You know, we, we are a service industry. And people sometimes get on my nerves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then just, you know, having to be patient and show some compassion and all that type of stuff. But it's even more difficult when you don't value yourself or you don't aren't patient with yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like all these type of things. And so that's the the brokenness that that I talk about a lot is just it affects everything. It affects everything. Just not only relationships with other people but relationship with with God first and first and foremost because if I don't love myself, how can I ever receive his love? And so those are the two things that I'm currently working on mm-hmm. is being able to receive the love of God. Because, How are you working on that? Well, that I'm not an expert in. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been doing a lot of research, um, listening to different either podcasts or YouTube videos of some sermons or, or whatever. I'm very cautious 
you know, first and foremost, what I what I get into and what I listen to, I think it's very important to kind of like partner things with the word and and know what you're listening to. Mm -hmm. But just kind of trying to get some different perspectives and some different ideas of what this actually looks like on a practical level, Mm -hmm. because I'm going to be honest with you. It's hard for me to take a compliment from a stranger it's ridiculous for me to tell myself that I'm awesome. (laughs) You know what I mean? So that whole like self positive talk or whatever that I'm not going to do that. I'm just not going to do it. It's just, it's uncomfortable. And not to say that I shouldn't do things that are uncomfortable, but it's hard to, to manifest something, you know, when you absolutely don't believe it. And we can self-righteously explain it away all day. Oh yeah. No, because that would make me prideful. Right. And I've got to be humble. It's my humility. Right that's doing this and the whole time it's just denial right that's all it is right and I actually read something recently that spoke to that and you know I think church culture you know I, I got saved at 17 I'm 35 so I don't I don't math so well, however many years that is <laughs> I don't math but I don't, still that. <laughs> I don't either um but I mean I've been I've, I've been in this game long enough to to see how like even church society we don't talk about a lot of things mm-hmm. and the things that we do talk about sometimes can be um not irrelevant but not constructive um as far as like not being able to feel feelings that right. are negative right you know what i mean like we're supposed to be happy all the time and things are supposed to be put together all the time and that's just not that's not even how life was in scripture. Right. You know, and so when we, the church encounters broken people like that, a lot of times I've experienced that they don't know what to do with them. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so I don't know. I like, I've just personal experience just had a lot of, you know, there's some church hurt in there for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I think if anybody has grown up in the church, there's some church, there's hurt. some church hurt. Yeah. It, it, it is. You know? Yeah. And I mean, like, uh, as a, as a little, little kid, you know, I didn't grow up in church in that respect, but just even over this almost 20 years, um, having to understand and come to a place of accepting that n- these people are not perfect, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because I most certainly am not. So these people that are, are meeting together weekly as, as a family are not perfect. But what's important to me is that I put myself in an environment where those people are also aware that they're not perfect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because, uh, I don't know, I think I put something, I talked to somebody about it. I feel more comfortable being around homeless people or drug addicts or, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. than church people sometimes. Yeah, and so you know, did Jesus. Yeah, you know, because yeah. they're they're raw and they're real. They have nothing to hide because it's all there. You see it. But sometimes within the church, it's, it's very covered. You know what I mean? That's one of the things that I love about, the exchange that this is a place and I've grown up in church mm-hmm. and, um, but never found myself in a, in a church and surrounded by people who were so, um, accepting of people who didn't grow up in church, who looked different, smelled different, acted different, right. but just found it to be a place who where of just overwhelming love for those people. Um, for everybody, it didn't matter. Right. And not only that, but it was refreshing to see God bring people into our church building and to be a part of our church family who had no knowledge of scripture. 
They had no knowledge Mm -hmm. of even like church ideas and all of that stuff that, you know, I had to detox, you know, the Holy Spirit had to purge out of me um, things that I learned from growing up in the church um, that were actually quite detrimental to my faith and to my um, walking with the Lord. They they were in the way they built. They instilled um, pride. They instilled in me um, kind of an attitude that I was better than someone else who had a different life than I did. Right. Man, I will forever be grateful that the Lord opened my eyes to see some of those things that I learned. But it was so refreshing to be able to be around a group of people, a body of believers who were just like, I mean, I don't know. I just I just love Jesus. Right. Like I know that I don't deserve his love. And yet he loved me first right. and he died for me. And just to see that excitement, like that's why you're at church. I can get on board with that. Right. Not because, oh, it's Sunday. It's the thing I have to do and I have right. to dress a certain way and Absolutely. do a certain thing. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to do that. Like, yes. Yes. Absolutely. And I agree with you, Tracy. Mm-hmm. Like, those, that's what Jesus did. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he, he hung around the people who were broken, who were lost. And that's what he said. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And and I think um, one of our one of our core values as the exchange is to be more concerned about who we will reach than who we will keep. Mm-hmm. And That's I good. love That's that. Good. That's good. I love that. That's very good. And you know, you said it, it's the sick. We're all sick. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's yeah. be honest. I mean, even it's like you said when you were like the broken. Yeah. We're yeah. all broken. We're all broken. <laughs> right. Something I love that we do here is getting to see a little bit of people's stories when people get baptized here Mm -hmm. each person who gets baptized has the opportunity to kind of write out their story they can be as vulnerable and open or as not as they want to be and that actually gets read out in front of the congregation before they are dunked you know for the baptism and it's so neat because there's so many people who are open enough to share their hard hard stories Mm -hmm. of the just rocky path that led them to Jesus. Right. And I've also been to baptisms here at the exchange where people said, I came on a baptism Sunday because my relative was getting baptized. And right. the stories I heard made me think, oh, these people are like me. Wow. Yeah. And then they were the ones getting into the baptism yeah, pool yeah. that next time or however yeah. long after. Yeah. And that was so neat because just... I just so appreciate the people who go through that and are willing to be open with their stories because they're life changing, you know. Oh, absolutely. So, mm-hmm. and I think like for for me personally, I I struggle with that because I'm so cautious about pride because I've been around it and I have it. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody has it, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. And so you know, and also too, because you know, a lot of my my backstory comes from the instability of my parents, who are both still living. You know, and so a lot of those, you know, I don't want to hurt them and things mm-hmm. like that. As the years keep going by, there's just this pressing in, in me to to go there, you know, and to share that. Because every time I share little nuggets of it, so many people respond. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because they, they read between the lines of what I'm saying. And, and, and I get messages, I get private messages all the time of women sharing their stories with me. And it's, it's wild to me because, you know... Um, from one broken person to another, like, I'm not anything special. If anything, all the special things did not happen to me. You know, so when these women show up in my inbox with their stories, it's just, it's crazy. I'm doing a study right now um, 
with a, a life group and one of our questions we just had recently it's all online so we type out our answers which I love because I get to think I'm a writer so I like to yeah. think about what I'm going to write out but the question was about how do you know God's character and how how would you describe him you know what stories in the Bible would you use to describe him and and the thing that I thought about the most was all throughout the Bible how God uses the brokenness mm-hmm. of humanity mm-hmm. for his glory Absolutely. And every time, every time. And that, and that is the story, like that he would come for us, that he would send Jesus for a broken world. And, and yet every time, even whether it was someone's sinful choices, whether it was something done to them, like Joseph, like he, he used those things for his glory if they followed him. Right. And it wasn't a matter of like, I was taught growing up being perfect. Right. Because Mm -hmm. we cannot be. Right. And that's where that striving word that you mentioned earlier yeah. was, you know, that's part of my story was a striving to, to be good enough right. to receive God's love and not with that understanding of like, whew, I can breathe you can relax. because yeah. <laughs> he loved me first <laughs> while I was still a sinner. And so yeah. I just, I just think that that's such a big, that's, that's who he is, is, is he loves to use our brokenness if we will just surrender that to him. And right. like you said, like be obedient to share about it right. when he gives us the opportunity I think that's why people just connect with stories because yeah. I think, um, you know, I don't think anybody's hungry for religion. No, I think people are, I are think hungry people, for real stories. Yeah. They, I don't know. I think people are, are tired of that. Absolutely. They're absolutely tired of it. Um, and myself included, I'm mm-hmm. tired of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even told people that I was friends with in the past, like, who, cause you know, you have some friends that they, they just won't open up. They just, you know, and I've literally had to be like, I need you to be, not to the same degree, but I need I need you to open up and be a little bit raw because it's hard for me to have friendships that aren't the superficial, mm-hmm. shallow relationships. It's hard for me because I'm an oversharer, <laughs> and I don't want to be the only one oversharing. Right. right? <laughs> but <laughs> but um, I don't know. Uh, the The main thing, though, that a lot of uh, women, you know, we were talking about their brokenness and then using makeup as a mask and things like that. A lot of times. Uh, the mask that they're picking up is that mask of acceptance and just wanting to be seen and wanting to be loved and all that type of stuff. You know, um, I, I had, uh, some sexual abuse in my childhood and not really knowing until I got much, much older into adulthood, how much that psychologically and spiritually and emotionally and just all the, the illies, (laughs) how that Mm -hmm. affects you, you know, you can find yourself chasing things and not even realize that's what you're doing. You know, I've been married twice. I'm divorced and, you know, I'm married to my my current husband now. And when you have, you know, things go on as far back as childhood, they will forever manifest until you die. Yeah. They're forever going to be there. But it's what you're willing to allow God to come in and restore. And I, I agree. I think people are so done with with churchy answers and churchy environments and things like that they literally just want to be around a group of people that are completely honest and raw I, I speak with a counselor once a week because dear god I need it me too, me too. <laughs> you know um and he said something to me and I never even thought about it this way before but because I do struggle with striving and perfectionism and things like that. And really, it's just me looking for acceptance from my Heavenly Father because I never got it from my Earthly Father. 
and I spent years chasing it. And I'll even do that with God. I'll chase it with God, even though I already have it, mm-hmm. you know. But I don't know. I think uh, within the church, there just needs to be a lot more transparency with people. People need to feel safe yeah. to be transparent. Right. Because the more I share, the more other people share. And then that scripture about confessing sins to one another can be true. Right. And it can bring the spiritual, emotional, and sometimes physical healing mm-hmm. of people. Absolutely. So, I don't know. I think that, I don't know. Like I said, I've been in a lot of different church environments and things like that. And, 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 I, and I get there's a time and a place for things. And I also get, you know, oh, don't air your dirty laundry and things like that. But sometimes air your dirty laundry. You know what I mean? Because you never know if the woman next to you is just wishing she had a place right. to, to someone right. to tell about her stuff. Right. Yeah. And, and hearing you go first is um, is sometimes just that open door. For sure. For her to be able to share. That's what I've always said, kick over every rock. Because bad things grow in dark places. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You just expose them to the light. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what does spiritual community look like for you as someone who has had, had has experienced church hurt, but it also understands the importance of having people in your life to, to kind of, for vulnerability and accountability? What does that look like in your life? Just like anybody who's been hurt by anything, you know, you kind of isolate yourself a little bit at first in the beginning. But I'll tell you one thing, God, he, he won't leave me alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And whether that looks like, you know, the Holy Spirit bugging me or um, his people, it's fine. <laughs> I've accepted this. Um, but uh, I eventually got to a place uh, and opened my heart back up to to having that church community and things like that. And um, I'm currently uh, a part of the Well community in Macomb. And they have been so great completely transparent there's rawness there um I've been able to connect with some people and have those hard conversations which has been very beneficial so for me having that environment and feeling safe to be able to just be myself because before I found this home I visited a few other places and this is just me being rebellious but Anytime I visit a new church, I make sure my tattoos are visible and my nose ring is out and, you know, I can't hide my hair. Yes. And it's just me, like, putting that temperature gauge out. You know what I'm saying? Because if we were honest, this is Mississippi. We live in the South and and I'm heavily tattooed and, you know, and I'm a Christian and that doesn't compute (laughs) a lot of times with people. So, but going there and just, you know, they didn't even bat an eye. They didn't bat an eye. Honestly... I think about the church, like in Acts, all kinds of different people mm-hmm. and all types of amazing things were happening during that time. And nobody cared about what color your hair was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Now, granted, this was, you know, in their culture, everyone dressed the same primarily. But you know what I mean? Like as far as backgrounds and things like that, nobody cared. Yeah, Nobody cared. They just wanted more of God and that was it. And that's that's the vibe that I get at the well. Like nobody cares. There are literally all walks of life are there, and I love it because there's there's black, there's white, there's Hispanic, everything. So, as someone who has experienced church hurt, you have been able to find hope in the church. Absolutely, and it's funny because I've been told this before. Like, how, how do you even still want God? You know, after 
hearing about church hurt and, and everything that went on. One, like I said, he won't leave me alone. Two, I can't I can't even put it on on the environment or the worship or the people. It's the Holy Spirit. Like I can't credit it to man. I really can't because he's had such a gentle uh, pursuing, you know. And I, and I make jokes and say he 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 won't leave me alone, but he's such a gentleman. And it's almost as if I, he needs me to know that it's not about any of that. It's not about any of that. You know, and not to sound too, like, cliche churchy, but that whole keeping your eyes on him, focusing on him, and not other people. I've done that most of my life, though. You know, I've put a lot of faith in other people. I've chased after people, men primarily, <laughs> you know, our friendships, things like that. So I know what it is to chase after all of that. And for him to just very gently, this is not what you're chasing. You need to not chase that. It's such a wooing. You know, you're talking about the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah. And I get what you're saying because it's a persistence, but it's so gentle. Yeah. And it's so beautiful, everything about it. It's just the second that you let your guard down. Yeah. He's there to yeah. swoop in and feel whatever brokenness is there. And he does it a little at a time because I think mm-hmm. it would slay us if he did it all at yeah. once. But there's just this wooing, this, it's almost like a, a beautiful dance yeah. with the Holy Spirit of God where he just brings you into yeah. who he sees you as. Yeah. And I love that you're there. Not a lot of people get that. And I feel, I feel sorry. <laughs> For people that don't understand right, that right, wooing right. and don't get to to see that, because I'm like, I don't, I don't understand why you're missing this. Like right, it's right. just so great. I, I mean, like I said, I can't really, I can't contribute it to anything else, right? Because right. you know, I have, I have enough biblical knowledge or like whatever you want to call it, relational knowledge with God. Because even though I suck at being His kid, <laughs> uh, <laughs> same sister, I. Uh, I've had encounters with him, and he's shown me glimpses of his character and things like that. I don't like. I just I can't I can't contribute to anything else. He's just it's what he does, and it's so gentle and gentlemanlike, and it's not ever pushy, and it's not ever like just you know. There's no condemnation there. Right. There's no condemnation there. To say that I don't struggle with condemnation is you know what I mean. Right. We I think we all do. We have an enemy for sure, but. It's cool because you can tell the difference. You can absolutely tell the difference. Mm-hmm. So you know when it's God and when it's not. And I love that you brought that up because God does not deal with the enemy the way he deals with us. Yeah. Like he will be hard yeah. with the enemy. But yeah. he will be so soft with us. Yeah. And so gentle with us because he loves us. Yeah. And anybody that raises a hand against us, whoa. Yeah. Just watch out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes we flip that like, oh, if I do this, God's going to smite me down. Right. No, no. He's going to rescue you. He will smite your enemy. Right. Down. But we flip that so oh, many times. Oh, for sure. I do it all the time. And all he the time. Will, he yeah. will offer correction, though, of course. And yeah. sometimes that's not comfortable either. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And it's never comfortable. It's still gentle, though. It is so gentle. And, and I'll even go as far to say that God doesn't deal with us all the same. Right. He doesn't deal with us all the same. I know that there needs to be a level of gentleness in dealing with me because of the immense trauma and brokenness that is there from a father figure. 
So I know that he deals with me differently in that respect. And I love him for that. Like that he takes all of that into consideration when he relates to me. So I think, I don't know, that's just, it makes him personal. Have you read The Shack? Yes, I've read The Shack and I've watched the movie and it's amazing. Amazing. (laughs) And I think the way that God represents himself to Mac as a woman because of the daddy. Yes. And then resolves it. That was my favorite part of the whole thing. I read the book years ago when it Mm -hmm. came out and then when they came out to the movie, I was like, sweet. And and I get the issues that people have with that. I get it because sometimes we can get stuck in that reverent box you know what I'm saying? Um, but God is so God is so multifaceted mm-hmm. that you just you can't. You really can't to say that you can put him in a category or in a box and say that you understand all yeah. aspects of him. Yeah. You just can't. Right. Mm-hmm. When the movie came out, I I bought it not too long ago. It's been out for a while, but mm-hmm. I rebought it. And uh, we watched it with my husband. He had never seen it, never heard of it, nothing. And, you know, he has his own struggles with things and um, like parents and he even had his own struggle with God for a while. And just watching that and just and I, it's so funny because before I put it on to play, I was like, just watch it. Yeah. Well, I'll explain. <laughs> Don't you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I had to like preface, but it ended up like I looked over a few times and I was like, like there was there was a, a moment. Yeah, there was a moment. You know what I mean? And I was just like. And that's why I feel so strongly about not putting God in a box. People have like father wounds. People have mother wounds. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that God can cater to those. You know, he's not one dimensional to the degree that he can't relate. Oh, I mean, I'm a guy. You've got mom wounds. I don't really know what I can do here. He's God. You know what I mean? It's funny how he never changes and is always the same. Right. Yet. Yet. That's God. <laughs> and speak to us yeah. each individually. Right. Right. But look around. I mean, he created all of us mm-hmm. to look so different, mm-hmm. to act so different. Yeah, I think too many times we try to put him in a box. And yeah. he is like no other. Our brains cannot comprehend. I'm so glad you said that because I have been taken lately with how much we are the same, even though we're all different, Mm -hmm. the way that we respond to things. Because I'll see people in another country when I watch a video about a child or something and they cry. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I know that cry. Like I cry. You know, I know that hurt that they're feeling. I feel their joy. Yeah. We're a lot more alike we than we think. We are a lot more alike than we think. And mm-hmm. I love that we share that connectiveness. Yeah. But at the same time, we're also individual. And it just goes, again, to God. It's just... Well, I mean, in, in that respect, like, if if we truly are made in his image, then he is still the same, but different. I don't know. It's so crazy. When you take time to stop and think about it, we'll never understand no. everything about him. And I think that's why sometimes, like, even though the world is literally going crazy, I have these moments, and I think we all do as, as believers, where we're just like, Dad, I'm ready to go home. Yeah. Like, I'm tired. And not necessarily tired of what you're doing or you're striving, but just overall with the brokenness as a general statement, just tired. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's so, I, I don't know, like I said, I have those moments where I'm just like, can you just... You just pick me up, please. I, know. <laughs> I think about that sometimes, and and I try to pray sometimes that He would break my heart, right? For what breaks His, and it's immense. Yeah, like, and it's all, I'm sure it's only a fraction. Yeah, but I get so overwhelmed sometimes when when I'm in that state of prayer, praying right. for people. 
it hurts me yeah. to think about that something could happen to them that that they need to make a decision or a change and you know yeah. it's just that yeah. that yearning and longing for them to turn around and acknowledge that God is their savior oh absolutely and it's just over and I can't even imagine what that feels like and I don't remember who said it it may have been the Titanic do not take this as theology <laughs> but <laughs> so honey said when he wipes the tears from his eyes in revelation that includes his oh. like his tears will be wiped away forever you just gotta so. imagine the amount of long suffering you know that that yeah. he has yeah with us and with the world because he could in just all. a moment and exactly in just yeah. a moment but he is patient not yeah. wanting anyone to right. die without him right and yeah. wanting um those people to come to know him and to, to, to it just blows my mind oh, yeah. for sure and I you know you may be listening to this podcast right now thinking i don't know about all this <laughs> stuff like i don't know how i feel about this it kind of you know it's me. makes me feel Sorry. uncomfortable. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> but we encourage you to just, and, and it's a church term, but get on your face. In other words, get somewhere quiet. If it's your closet, turn off the light. If it's something, if you've got kids, tell them that you have to go to the bathroom. I don't know. But just get somewhere quiet and have that conversation with God and ask him to reveal himself to you. And you be open to hearing his voice. And the thing about God is he is faithful and he is constantly pursuing you constantly. He doesn't give up because you mean yeah. that much to him. Yeah. And if you have not done that, then I think all of us at the table are encouraging you to do that. Absolutely. Because there's a personal relationship that is so sought after by the father and he sent yeah. someone to pay your penalty. So you don't owe that anymore. So just talk to him, get to know him, seek him out. And I think he'll feel that brokenness and not all at one time. Sometimes it's a lifetime. It's a lifetime of feeling it, but he is so faithful to do that. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think something that I struggle with personally is like having grown up in church from childhood. Mm -hmm. I've heard all the stories, all the Bible stories, right. I've read the Bible. I, I, I get caught up in like this intellectual understanding right. of it. And I, I do believe that I'm a saved Christian, going to meet him one day when right. I die. But also, I long for more of that emotional connection, yeah. which I think that I lack a little bit, you know, because yeah. I, I just feel like some people have some some whole new level of, like, relationship with him that yeah. I feel like I haven't reached yet. And I'm just like, I want that. And I seek him and yeah. I read and I, and, and I just, I, I don't know. It just feels stuck in some kind of an intellectual notch right now. Yeah. <laughs> I want yeah. To, to get another notch up on this. You're, you're absolutely not even alone in that because I relate to that. Like, I feel that way a lot of times. And I think, you know, that churchy words, but mm -hmm. like that old saying of like um, that whole head and heart knowledge type of mm -hmm. thing. That's definitely a struggle for me. Just being able to take what I know up here to be true. Mm -hmm. and transplant that to have that emotional response mm -hmm. because you know like when you think about your your mom or your kids or your husband and you think about them you can literally emotionally feel your love for them or your connection to them mm -hmm. and I think there's just sometimes it gets stuck somewhere like mm -hmm. stuck in translation and because when you've heard the gospel story 
every Sunday for the last 27 years. Then it becomes numb. It can start numb. getting a little dry. Yeah. yeah. You it, know? It, it becomes so numb. Yeah. I know it shouldn't, yeah. but for that's me it does. That's an honest conversation I think yeah. that needs to be had. Because yeah. I think that's why a lot of our churches are without power. Yeah. And without yeah. conviction. Because we do become numb to it. Well, what I've noticed is that there's been a couple of um, pastors that I listen to. And sometimes my pastor at the well will do it. But at the very end, they'll do something that I have not experienced before uh, in a traditional like Southern Baptist or anything like that. But at the end, they will ask the congregation for you to ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me with this? And I think that's so important because here recently over the past year, I've just begun to learn of the person of the Holy Spirit and how important he is. I mean, he's part of the Trinity. You know, he's got, I mean, like he's, he what raised Christ Thank from the you dead, you know for what I mean. Bringing that up, we do not talk about the <laughs> we Holy don't Spirit talk about him in the church. We don't talk about him, and and I think that what what has bothered me so much about it is that I, like I said, I got saved at seventeen, and however many years that's been, we're just now tapping into who he is mm-hmm. and what he does and how he feels and all these types of things, and I think that a lot of times the church can operate without him and when scriptures don't have any life and when connections aren't being made spiritually with people then he's in a corner somewhere it's so wild to me because I think the church and some denominations more than others don't talk about him as much because it's almost like he's this weird right (laughs) like Right, you're gonna Ghost take off running through the church. Thing. Yeah, you're gonna be it, yeah. like unorderly and just right. crazy, right. and it's not. <laughs> it's not even about any of that um, because honestly, without him, he's our comforter mm-hmm. for one. Without him, you can't. It's real difficult to walk out this out every day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but he's not. Our guide. But he's yeah. our teacher as well. Yeah, and you can't, you know, fully. Uh, immerse yourself with scripture and and get to that whole steady place without him right because our human intellect can't can't decipher any of that well i almost brought it up earlier when you were talking about you know after church hurt and and going through a season of isolation Mm -hmm. that you you know you you started visiting churches and then came to one like that's the holy spirit leading you like you were talking about being pursued like you wouldn't have thought to do that on your own no because you were just good no you know like never having i'm sure never going back to church again if there's anything spiritually related or anything remotely related about god or any of that it's all holy spirit led because my flesh is not naturally going to do that not at all yeah it is not naturally going to do that and so that's why you know when you asked me earlier how can i even entertain this anymore and I can't contribute it to anybody else. Exactly. Because it's if I were honest, it's frustrating. Yep. Christianity is frustrating. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. And it's not cookie cutter at all. It's raw. It's dirty. It's offensive. It's all these things mm-hmm. that are not comfortable at all. I wish I could uh, remember verbatim the C.S. Lewis quote. But he essentially just talks about... He didn't choose this because it was going to be easy. Right. And Carrie, to your point, I think that goes back when you were talking about experiencing God in in different ways. I think that is kind of what we were saying, that we we all do get to experience God, the same God, 
the only one true God, but we experience him in different ways. And I think a lot of that has to do with our personality, mm-hmm. how he made us. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think that's where when you're talking about social media and comparison and all of that, like, I think that's where that can be very dangerous to go. Well, they're experiencing this, right. this aspect of God right. that I'm not experiencing what's wrong with me. Right. What am I doing wrong? Oh, right. Um, instead of how is the Lord revealing himself to me with, right. with, with my lenses that I see mm-hmm. life through. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Cause I think part of the issue for me is I come from a performing background. Mm-hmm. And so anything like worship, like when worship is happening, yeah. if I start to sing, I am going in my head to the the theory and the oh, wow. intonation and the, oh, you know, wow. I took voice lessons, yeah. right? Yeah. So I'm not thinking about the words or I'm thinking, it's really hard for me to zone in on, on the actual worship part. The relational mm-hmm. part And, it, yeah. you know, just there's people around. Right. There are people around. I cannot actually get into it. That's like right. some kind of a block I have. Right, right. I'm not saying that's a, a good thing or that it'll always be that way. Yeah. Or, you know, you're talking about not knowing and where you're there. There's a desire and that comes from the Holy Spirit. It's a desire to grow, a desire to not stay stagnant where you are. For sure. Um, I had a teacher one time tell me it's like columns. Get everything out of column A you can before you go to column B. You know, mm-hmm. and then go to column B and get everything out of column B that you can before you go to column C. And it, there's just this general progression and it's growth and it's a walk. The thing about a walk is you don't stand still. Mm-hmm. Right. You walk and everything's different. The terrain's different. Your environment's different. Sometimes the way God talks to you is different. The people around you are different. Yeah. But there's one constant. You're on that path and it looks different for every person. And sometimes paths inter- they intertwine and they cross and their relationships formed and you help each other along that path. But the constant is that Jesus calls because I remember being raised in the Baptist church and, you know, you have the butter finger, the butter cookies on your finger and the red Kool-Aid mm. when you're sitting down and they have the <laughs> sign of the woman in the well and they're holding it up to the class. This is the woman at the well. I remember thinking as a small child, I'm like, this is it. Like, yeah. this is God. This right. is why we do this. And that was just, I mean, from a, a small child and the years it took me to progress to the point where I was like, I'm not leaving your presence until I get what I want from you. Yeah. Like it was, it was almost just, it was this years of leading up to this passionate fury that I'm like, I'm not letting go of you yeah. until you give me what I want from you. I want to know you. And I, my fam, half my family was Pentecostal. So fun. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. There's no sleeping in the Pentecostal church. There was in my mom's no, you're church. having a party there. Yeah, but to see them worship and to see them experience that side of the Holy Spirit yeah. and want to know why I couldn't get it. Right. Why right. can't I hold on to that? Like, why don't, what am I missing here? And then that turned in on me asking questions and not in a bad way, but like searching and looking. What does the Bible say about this? What does God say about this? How can I do this? Am I searching you? And God is so faithful. If you ask, if you seek, and if you knock, he will answer open and take you every time. His word says that he is true to his word. He cannot lie. His word does not return void. If you seek, you will find. Plain and simple. Yeah. You just have to seek. Yeah. From what I'm hearing, because I've heard the word perfection and strive. And like I said, we're expert over here on that because that's all I do. I think that it's important to dive a little bit further into that. And with that question, Holy Spirit, what is going on here? What is going on here? Where did this start? Where did I believe that I had to do this? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another question that's been presented to me uh, at, at my church and then other things, other people that I've talked to. 
is where was the lie and when did I start believing it? Because when you can go back there and when the Holy Spirit can take you back there, that's when things can start to unfold and layers can start to come off. Because, you know, for me with the whole striving thing, I believed that law because my father said some things to me as a child and the enemy came in and he told me he doesn't think that you're going to be good enough. So you never will be. And that's where the striving started because I made proclamations that I will never do the things that he said. It was a comment of, you're just going to flip burgers when you get older. You're going to wind up barefoot and pregnant. I don't have biological children right now, and I've never worked fast food. Mm -hmm. You make these proclamations in your mind, whether consciously or subconsciously, because you have believed a lie. Stephen Burdick said he did a, a thing. He's a pastor in North Carolina at Elevation Church, and he said, who told you? He told a whole message on this, said that when God went to Adam in the Garden of Eden and he said, we're naked, he said, who told you you were naked? Yeah. Who told you? And he said to even turn that around on us, who told you that told you me. weren't going to amount mm-hmm. to that? Yeah. Who told you you were never going to reach that level? Who told you that? Because it wasn't me. So who told you that? And that it makes me think a lot, like, mm-hmm. who, who told me that? Who told me that I wasn't going to get that promotion? Or who told me that I wasn't going to get this? And nine times out of ten, it was not the Lord. Right. <laughs> and I think it's it's important to, to be self-aware and to know that, you know, you struggle with perfectionism or striving or, or your brokenness or whatever. Because in that awareness is when God can do something then. You know what I mean? If you let him. God can, God can come in there then. Uh, the Holy Spirit can come in there and do whatever he needs to do. And I keep going back to the Holy Spirit because, again, I'm on this new journey with, like, learning who he is and and figuring out his importance because, um, I mean, without him, that's a missing piece. Yeah. You know? Yep. So, and he he does a lot more than we think. (laughs) A lot more than we think. He's kind of important. He's kind of important. (laughs) (laughs) I have loved hearing from you today. You have so much... This has been oh, such wisdom, and I know that you say wisdom. that you don't see that in yourself, but no. I mean, ever since I've met you, I remember the day that I met you unloading some drums at a concert one time. Oh my gosh, that sounds <laughs> um, accurate. <yeah. laughs> um, I mean, just since day one, i just known you to be so genuine yeah. in um, just your conversations, but also in your love for the Lord, and um, I didn't. I think at that time, I didn't have a lot of people close to me that didn't look like me, Yeah, that, that that didn't have the same background as me. And again, I'm so thankful that the Lord has completely changed my life and, and even the environments and the friendships that I have now are, yeah. are so very diverse and I'm so thankful, but um, I've just always known you to be that. And so thank you for sharing with us and being vulnerable and um, just excited. I know you've got a new um, adventure that you're about to start. So you, you just finished your cosmetology license yes. you just got that correct so esthetician and cosmetologist did correct. i say those correctly correct okay so tell us where can people find you if they're interested in um getting your services so i will be located in the lovely little sweet town of hazelhurst salon the magnolia parlor okay. it is absolutely beautiful in there it's completely gutted and renovated so it's it's everything's brand new it's awesome Um, And what will you be offering there? There, I'll be doing uh, hair and makeup, for sure. And then later on down the road, we might add in some of my aesthetic practices, Mm -hmm. like facials and things like that. But for the most part, we're going to focus on that hair and makeup and color 
some people's lives up. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll awesome. put the link to, what did you say the name of the, the salon is? The Magnolia Parlor. The Magnolia Parlor. Mm-hmm. We'll yes. be sure to get that from you and put that in our show notes so that if you are interested in getting your makeup and hair done by yeah. Jess, then they can and talk find her some there. Jesus in the That's process. right. Oh, please That's do. Right. Please yeah. do. And something we always like to ask our guests is, what is something new that you are loving? Um, Let's see. I think for me right now, I feel like I'm in a season right now where God is showing me some things because he's like, now is the time. I've kind of let you, you know, wander around and fall around and fumble and all this jazz, but now's the time. And I need you to take what I'm showing you and do something with this because the season is almost here type of thing. Again, that's Holy Spirit all day long because I don't think about stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm excited, though, because this is new for me. Like, um, he's still being gentle. He's still being a gentleman. But he's being a little bit more aggressive. So that lets me know that it's time to get serious with this. And then having opportunities like this, just even furthermore, like, okay, okay, you know. You got a story to share. Yeah, yeah. it's exciting. And so, like I said, it that's kind of new for me right now. It's been like the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So that's, awesome. I know it's not makeup related or hair related, but you know what? At the end of the day, none of that stuff matters. Well, I do have a follow-up <laughs> question just specific for you. Yes. Okay. Three products you couldn't live, live without. Okay. We'll be sure to link to those too. You okay. Tell us what the brands are and um, where that people can find them. Okay. Hair or makeup. So makeup, number one thing I cannot live without, and not necessarily for myself, but like in my kit or clients, is probably going to be the MAC Cosmetics Studio Fix Fluid Foundation. It's a mouthful, but... It's a beautiful foundation, and it photographs beautifully. I use it on all of my brides. I love it. So if they ever quit making it, I literally would be scrambling. (laughs) Second thing, let's do hair. It's not like a product. I mean, it is a product. It's more of like a hot tool. I have this beach waver thing. It looks like maybe like a couple S's. Mm -hmm. And so if you ever want your hair to look like you've got a perm, but you don't want to like chemically perm it, the best alternative the best alternative do it to my whole head and i look like i got a perm wow beach beach wave it's a beach waver by bedhead okay i'm yeah. super excited put that link down yes yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> it is awesome okay so skincare mm-hmm. one product of skincare let me think you know the um the charcoal mask that like peel off or whatever mm-hmm. that can be painful if you're not doing it right <laughs> But an alternative, like, and this doesn't pull anything out or anything like that, but it's those jelly masks. Have you seen them? No. Okay. So I applied, I I bought some because I was going to use it on clients and things like that. And I tried it myself. It comes in powder form and you mix it up with water and it turns into a jelly. It's got like gelatin in it, but it's got like little like flowers in it and stuff like that. And you put, oh my gosh, it's like, especially in the summertime, it's nice and cooling and it like oozes on your face and then it solidifies, like not hard, but it's like a jelly. And then you just like peel it off and it just rolls off your face. And the purpose of it is? So they have different purposes because they have different ingredients in them. So one can be hydrating or one can be like, like soothing if you have a lot of redness or something. Sounds amazing. Yeah, it does. Oh my gosh. Like, like I said, I I play in it. (laughs) And where do you find these gel masks? So it's something, it's like a... I don't think like the public can purchase them mm. um, 
because it's like a professional Do type have to thing. Come to you, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> essentially, <laughs> well played, well played. <laughs> essentially, <laughs> but they're pretty awesome though. Wow. They're awesome. That sounds wow. awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jess. I know. Thank you guys thank for having you. me. It's been great. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for the 517 Live podcast. It's pretty awesome to hear a makeup artist say that makeup can't make the inside beautiful. Only Jesus can. You can find Jess at the Magnolia Parlor just outside of Jackson, Mississippi. Her work is incredible, and you can find ways to connect with her in today's show notes. We also want to connect with you. If you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. This helps more people be able to find the show. You can follow us on Instagram at 517lifepodcast and make sure to share and subscribe so you don't miss a minute of life.